Hello everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. For nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia, in short, referred to as NGIOA, everything and everyone today can be characterized as digitally disruptive. Or if it is not disruptive yet, it's only a matter of time before it becomes so. This digital disruption concern from across NGIOA as to who is going to disrupt and who will be disrupted, where would the disruption come from and when, is today's greatest dilemma for each and every decision maker across each and every entity across uh, NGIOA. Education faces digital disruption too as computer code, connected computers, internet and digital connectivity creates new ways of doing things. It is this potential of new way of doing things that has made the once untouchable educational institutions vulnerable to disruption and fundamental transformation. There is a growing concern that the education system, its framework, model, institution, processes, and structures are not able to keep up with the growing demands of a digital global age. Now, looking at the changes that are already underway, it seems that the ongoing disruption and transformation of education is going to be a very difficult journey for not only the education institutions and the industry, but also each and every nation. The universities, colleges, and their monopoly in the production and sale of higher education credentials seems to be collapsing. As of today, nations are already witnessing technology for free online learning, massive open online courses are rolling out that are helping students of all ages and from across nations, irrespective of geographical location. Millions of students from across nations have started taking benefit from these free online courses or seminars and other formats of educational materials. Some educational institutions are also in talks to providing credentials for finished online courses. This is just the beginning. As new ideas, innovation, and new ways of educating and learning becomes available in the coming years, universities and education institutions are expected to go through fundamental changes for which perhaps they are not prepared for. As universities experience profound changes, many may not survive in the way they exist today. The road to disruption and transformation of education will require that each nation takes a comprehensive look at their education system, framework, products, operating models, structures, content, and other key elements of the industry at all levels, global, national, and local, social media, mobile technology, analytics, the cloud, the internet of things, and artificial intelligence. The coming together of all of these technological advances is disrupting industries. So the question is when the role of universities and educators is changing, how are education institutions preparing for the imminent transformative changes. What efforts are underway to survive the disruption? To discuss this further, I'm delighted to welcome Peter Huss from MIT. Peter Huss is the Associate Dean, Executive Education at MIT Sloan School of Management. Welcome, Peter. We are honored to have you on Risk Roundup. Thank you. Happy to be here. Wonderful, Peter. So it seems that the last technological disruption in education happened more than five centuries ago. Uh, since then, the educator's role and the education industry has remained pretty much stagnant. Most teachers, lecturers, or professors just teach a lesson, prepare a lesson, teach a lesson, give out assignments, take tests, grade to see if the student has understood what they have uh, heard or written down. Is this model really enough in this digital era of what is shaping to be an outcome economy? I, I think that, that that's true. You're right that the, the the model of pedagogy that we 
all too often see uh, in every level of education, not just higher education uh, where I work, has been fundamentally the same for these many centuries, at least uh, on the face of it, you know, this idea of uh, instruction through lecturing uh, and as you identify testing and so forth. I, I will say though, I think that if you scratch the surface there, uh, there has been uh, a kind of a quiet revolution going on for at least a few decades, um, prior even back to what we're now seeing accelerated by, by digital learning and digital education. Uh, you know, for example, uh, here at MIT, uh, for really our entire history, we've had a, a philosophy of learning by doing uh, and not just sort of lecturing as the, as, as the learning model. Uh, and, and you see that mode of learning actually has been experimented with at, at every level. I mean, everything from uh, the fairly young children in K through 12 all the way up to adult education. Uh, so what I think that we're perhaps seeing now uh, with, with, with digital, I like the way you frame it as disruption, because in a sense, those developments, even though they were going on, didn't really lead to any transformation. Uh, and now we're seeing forces which may be uh, in transformation, but actually in an interesting way. You, you mentioned uh, MOOCs, the massive online open courses, which has been uh, a, a trendy thing to talk about for the last couple of years. And one of the things that we've all been discovering with uh, with MOOCs is that the easiest thing to do is to in some ways have them mimic the way that we were teaching for these centuries before. If you look, it's a video of somebody uh, talking. Maybe if it's a, a, a more sophisticated, highly produced one, it's not just a video of a person like my head on camera, but you know something that looks a bit more like watching a television documentary. Uh, but still, it's kind of this broadcast. Uh, and then some testing, and then some more broadcasting. And so one of the things that we've been seeing, actually, I think, is that, uh, we're seeing that that is not a very effective way for a model for learning either. And we're now really seeing things come together. And that's, I think, what's very exciting right now in this, in this whole area. Yes, it is. It is very exciting. Now, with the help of digital infrastructure and technology, innovators from across nations are bringing very bold and very forward-looking ideas that are bringing massive disruption in not only cyberspace, but also geospace and space and in how we all are getting connected because of the computer connected computers and internet. Now this disruption is at a scale and pace no nation or any of its component is simply prepared for even education and academia. So the forces of digital disruption are bringing down established governance, business management and technology models. And, the, and they are magnifying the significance of digitization or digital competencies and thereby initiating the customer-centric digital global age with an eye on outcome economy. So how would you describe the ongoing changes of education industry where the students are the focus and this, because the students are the customers of the you know, universities and colleges and how are the changes coming, the innovations or, you know, are strategized or the new ideas or digital strategy is put together, keeping students as the focus? Because if you see, I mean, right now, in spite of this very outrageous tuition that, you know, a lot of colleges are charging students, your MIT, you know, students that graduates from there, they, they are not having problems finding a job. But a lot of other colleges, in spite of paying high education costs, high tuition fees, 
lot of students when they graduate they are not able to find job now there are a lot of complex variables that are you know the reason behind that but is it possible to develop a model by which you know we can you know create a customer centric digital uh, educational framework by which you know students would not have to worry about it and they would get the outcome that they are looking for because we are all look, moving towards the outcome economy where we are looking for you know the outcome that we desire right i think there are there are several things going on here uh, i i will also to me it's clearly true that uh, for the past several decades in the developed economies and we're seeing this uh, increasingly uh, in the dynamic economies uh, in, in Asia and other parts of the, and Latin America and other parts of the world uh, is that you know education has been and still is maybe the greatest force for social mobility uh, that we've ever really had in human history uh, and you know that's a tremendous thing and we wouldn't want to see that you know, ourselves losing that and you know part of what I think that we've seen particularly again uh, in the US and in, in, in the UK and European uh, countries in general um, and maybe less so in some other parts of the world is because of that sense that uh, higher education in particular and education in general is this driver of social mobility there's been a policy uh, move towards getting more people into higher education uh, and so uh, that's seen a big expansion in higher education. And maybe one of the questions that some people will ask is, you know, in, in what kind of disciplines and you know, educational uh, sort of achievements are people those that growth happening? And I think one of the disconnects that, that we're now experiencing, it's, it's really a, it, it's a labor market failure in a sense, or it's a market failure that uh, the, um, the time delay between people making decisions about what they will pursue in terms of higher education and indeed how long it takes academia to cycle through that sort of growth curve uh, means that there's a disconnect between the skills that, and training that perhaps we need or our employers need and what we're turning out of our universities. I think that's what we're, what, what we're seeing a lot of now. One of the things that I've become involved with, uh, you mentioned that in your introduction, is, is, is this idea of the Internet of Things and what that sort of new revolution in, in new ways of doing business means. And what, are, what is the workplace? And we're talking to companies about what skills they uh, are looking for or going to be looking for. And the interesting thing is they're saying, they're asking us to train people for jobs that we don't know exist. We don't even know what those jobs are. Uh, how do we know what the skills that they need are going to be? Um, I think the one thing that we do know is that people are going to have to be able to skill and reskill, learn, sometimes unlearn. You know, when you talk about whole industries being disrupted, everything new to be the case, to be true, um, or thought to be, is changed in these in these disruptions. And so, I think one of the questions, you know, maybe this could be a failing of of, of education systems around the world. Uh, is that if we're not training the next generation to be people who are really capable of uh, of truly engaging in lifelong learning in, in terms of their professional capabilities and skills, uh, then we're going to have, frankly, a real problem because you know the, the the time scale of a generation 
and it's not the 20 years that we know are used to thinking of a generation now it's maybe it's five years right for a technology revolution to completely transform an industry and uh, we, we we need people who are able to uh, bring that uh, appetite and ability to continue to learn and then the question is to what extent is there should employers be taking this on uh, of employees should governments be taking this on on behalf of their their, their people I think that from where I'm sitting that the challenge with that is that certainly for governments to be doing it maybe even for employers to be doing uh, to be doing it again these cycle times are getting shorter and shorter and I really think you're putting your finger on it when you say, how do we put learning and education uh, really in the hands of of the consumer? Um, and that's actually the student and the and, and the lifelong learner themselves. And if we truly do that, you know, what are the implications for the you know, for what the role is of these traditional institutions? Yes, very true, very true. Those are the questions. We'll have to come up with the sensible answers and we have to figure out how we can uh, create a environment in which, you know, we have this integrated framework by which we can quickly, you know, provide the skills that students, that consumers need, or we can quickly, you know, adapt to the industry needs, the kind of, you know, courses that needs to be, the training material needs to be there. So that needs to be, you know, a lot of work and we need to create that platform. Whoever is able to create that platform that is integrated is going to bring the disruption that this, you know, industry so very much needs. Now, it seems that universities such as Harvard, Stanford, and I think MIT also provides small private online courses that are delivered on the MOOC platform, massive online open course platforms, and they are available for purchase by smaller colleges so they don't have to go and you know create all those training material. How is this received by uh, institutions all over the world? You know, it, it, it seems uh, perhaps surprisingly to be received quite well. I mean, you might think at first sight that uh, a lot of other institutions would uh, not want to make use of the materials that MIT, Harvard, Stanford, and others uh, are producing. But I think what's going on, you know, a couple of things. But first of all, in many ways, I think these online courses are getting used by other institutions a little like um, equivalent to, an, to a, a new digital textbook, if you like. Um, so that's you know, that, that's certainly something that's going. On. And I also think that uh, for many of them, uh, you know, the economics of trying to maintain uh, a whole portfolio of academic disciplines and the faculty that it takes to be at the cutting edge of those disciplines, you know, is is really just uh, very challenging. And so this can actually help those institutions to to change their own economics. We've got a little bit of a prior experience of, of, of this, you know, before this whole kind of MOOC uh, MOOC revolution, uh, you may know that you know, a decade ago, more than that, uh, MIT made the decision to put all of our course materials online for free, not as sort of fully integrated courses that we're now doing, but the texts, the syllabus, very often videos of classes. And actually, a lot of uh, individual learners, but also institutions around the world, began using those as the, as the basis for, for, for their courses. So I think that uh, it, it kind of makes sense to me that uh, there will be perhaps you know, some number, whether it's a half a dozen or a few dozen or fewer, 
um, what become recognized as ultimately sort of the um, leading one or two courses in economics or you know one one or those uh, whatever those sort of basic disciplines are in just the same way that probably if you went across various at least English speaking campuses around the world you probably find half a dozen other you know, textbooks in any particular subject at that level that the local institutions and faculty might have some preferences but essentially there's you know there's not 500 different textbooks that people are using for economics ones. Yes, yes, that centralization probably would happen. I think London School of Business and Finance, they also have uh, put the entirety of the MBA course online. So it's very interesting development because, you know, they are saying that uh, whoever wants to, you know, study this, go ahead and study. And after that, only if you are sure you want to do that MBA, then, you know, you enroll. So it's a very interesting development. Now, so far, students used to look to their lecturer as the keeper of knowledge. Now, as you know, information and content has become universal and free and knowledge is so easily accessible, the skill of the modern educator, the teachers, professors, lecturers, it has shifted away from being the imparter of knowledge to being an integrator of knowledge. It is a very different uh, role that is shaping up uh, of the teachers and educators. So what do you think the change this will, you know, what kind of changes will this bring to the current education system? Because now the information that a professor or teacher can access, anybody sitting in any part of the world, they can access that. Right. Well, so one, one thing here, which of course is important to understand as well, is that the sheer amount of knowledge in any field, even quite a specialized field, is now so vast uh, that being uh, the, the, the font of all knowledge and expertise on a particular subject, and as it's extremely narrow, it's becoming pretty much impossible anyway. Uh, and that's being added to at such a rate uh, that even if you look in, you know, in scientific disciplines, it's just becoming you know, pretty well impossible for people to keep on, on, on top of that. So I think that we're not only, you're, you're right, we're not only moving from the content is king in terms of what the expert uh, knows uh, and is imparting to the student uh, to being much more about context and that's where your idea of integrator comes in but it's not only about integrating i think the even more vital uh, question is how to uh, work with knowledge assess it critically really be um not about what the uh ways of accessing uh, sort of the knowledge that you need are and in fact i like to say that uh probably you know running in-person traditional programs here at mit for executives of course we're doing some of these digital programs as well but my biggest competitor in some ways is just google and youtube uh, because it's not that my competitor is structured courses that are delivered digitally and they're in a sense trying to uh emulate the level of interactivity and quality of experience that we have in the real world. It's a much more sort of, if we can say a classic disruption, that uh, just you know, good enough in terms of the knowledge and ability acquisition, uh, you know, increasingly is what, is what people go for. And I, I, this is true in my life as well, in, you know, in a different realm. If something goes wrong you know, in my house now and I need to sort of figure out how do I, I don't know, fix a tap or something, a few years ago, I'd call a plumber. Now I Google it or YouTube it, and I'm kind of trying to figure it out myself in real time. So, you know, it's just like consumer-driven, just-in-time learning. Yes. And, and, and that's important for us to remember that. We, you know, we might think that our model, uh, our traditional model, you know, is so 
technically superior, as it were, to the this other inferior alternative. Um, but time and again, you know, what we've seen in, in the world of business and in other realms is that uh, consumers and the market uh, don't necessarily make the same judgments that we would yes. have them do from our expert position. Yes, very true, Peter. And there are such fascinating changes happening. This is such a fascinating and interesting uh, time that we all are living in. And there's so much to talk about. But Peter, you are a busy man and uh, you have uh, so much to address today, you know, in the, the hours that are ahead of you. And uh, while I would like to talk more, ask you more questions, we would keep that for some another time. Mm -hmm. And I, Peter, thank you so much for participating in Risk Roundup and uh, giving us your valuable feedback. And uh, hopefully, you know, some other time we would talk more about, you know, what kind of strategy the universities here in United States and, you know, uh, globally, they are having to come up with the new new models or new innovations or new way of, you know, doing things, uh, teaching students and new way of uh, providing the necessary skill set that the industries need. But we'll keep that for some other time. So thank you, Peter, for participating in this roundup today. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Look forward to talking again. Wonderful, Peter. So digital disruption is already here and it is here to stay. As the wave of digital disruption is cutting across nations, its government, industries, organizations and academia, it is the digital technologies that has brought us on the verge of what will be a period of very profound and fundamental transformational change. It is important that educators, college, universities start thinking strategically about how digital disruption is changing the way education is approached, offered, viewed, as digital disruption and transformation is as much about people and processes as it is about technology. It is the people and its ability to define processes, adjust, adapt and innovate, not the technology that are the most important pieces in the digital transformation puzzle. Risk Group Cybersecurity Risk Research Center and Strategic Security Risk Research Center are created for this very reason to identify, evaluate and manage the risk facing NGIOA in CGS, that means nations, its government, industries, organizations and academia in cyberspace, geospace, and space. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to the management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. And it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risk together. For more information on the risk roundups, to watch the risk roundup videos or to hear the risk roundup podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayashree Pandya, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.